Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaim Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Alicia. It's a black girl out here trying to help everyone do better, including and especially herself. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Or if you're new here, hi, hello, and welcome. My house is an infirmary. <laughs> I all right, let me start with the, the nice things. So y'all's favorite turn two last week, and um it's been all over my socials and I've already talked about it at nauseam I guess well I could keep talking about it but I don't want to bore you guys with it long in the short baby girl is now in comfortable toddler territory um and she's letting us know all about that <laughs> lots of opinions a lot more uh forceful emotional displays um but she's still you know the sweetheart and I know I'm not allowed to talk bad about y'all's niece despite the fact that while she's y'all's niece she's my child um but I'm gonna respect y'all's niece and her privacy at this time all I'm gonna say (laughs) is that she decided to step fully into two and I refuse to call it the terrible twos I'm gonna call it the terrific twos I'm claiming joy and discovery and growth um and that we're gonna have a great time just like we did when she was turned one just like we did when she got here she she was an amazing baby she was an amazing one-year-old and she's gonna be an amazing two-year-old she's an amazing person and we're gonna rock so that is that on that um but yes her birthday was last week so we had a slew of parties unintentional (laughs) because on her actual birthday we it was supposed to be me her and um her dad and we were going to have a little cake and like do a little dinner, do a little something fun. And that was the end of it. Well, the grandparents were in town and my sister came over with her daughter and that turned into a party. And then the next night, um, a bunch of relatives came over to hang out. So that turned into another party. And then her big party was the day after Thanksgiving, which Thanksgiving in and of itself is multiple parties. So we made our, our stops to see our cousins and our uncles and aunts and our grandparents all around. Um, and she got to play and she's had a really good time. She's been people and people and people and people and people in. And then sun Saturday was the day. Um, now mind you around this time I had contracted, I don't know what, but my body ached. Thursday I was fine. I was a little tired, but you know, going from house to house when you're, you, you haven't been peopling as often. Um, yeah, that could do something to you. So yeah, I was like, Oh, I'm just feeling a little tired. It's fine. Some of these plates, it's gotta be the food, right? No, was not the food was not the place. What was what it was, was your girl was sick. Um, achy body, um, chills all that it hit me hard Friday where I'm like falling asleep on the couch um just struggling just on the struggle bus in the back doing the best I can and then I was like you know we should cancel this party I don't want people to get sick Uh, everybody was like oh you know clean up the house put a mask on it was fine woke up Saturday morning felt way better like as bad as I felt on Friday it's the exact opposite I felt on Saturday but I still felt a little weird so you know spray the whole house down long in the short we have her birthday party and everyone's having a blast now I don't we don't live in the biggest place but we had a lot of people here 
Um, we also had the doors wide open to get like lots of airflow. Um, I had a mask on uh, just to keep things safe. Um, Cause yeah, if any, if t these last few years haven't taught me anything, it is the benefit of wearing those masks and being in a ventilated space. Um, but so far I haven't heard back from anybody that anyone else has gotten sick. So I'm hoping that I was one of the last and that one of these little kids around here got us sick and not me bringing some sickness from somewhere else and infecting my family. I'm really hoping that everyone just stays well. <laughs> I'm a little traumatized from last year, guys. So yesterday, my little love, her little nose started running and now she's sneezing a lot. And it's just like, oh no, no. She's handling it well. She's a trooper. I did that whole five minute intro talking about illness, but you get the point. She's fine. I know. And all the parents are like rolling their eyes like she's going to get sick. I'm like, I know, but I just didn't want, I don't want her to be sick. I really don't. I don't want her to be sick. She handles it so, so well. She's unbothered. And now she just, she'll just come up to you when her nose starts to run. She'll goes, tissues, tissues, <laughs> tissues. Yes, you could have a tissue. Tissues. Thank you. <laughs> it's very, very sweet. So that's what's going on over here in Whitney world. I hope wherever you are or wherever you were on Thursday that you ate well, that you were treated well, that you slept well, and that you are currently very healthy, mentally, emotionally, spiritually well. Um, so last week's episode entitled gathering season, we had an amazing interview with Ada Ari, um, author of the two really adorable books going on three because she's doing a series of African folk tales. I'm trying to tell y'all get in on this, get in on this right now. Um, cause she's just starting out, but like watch some years down the line, you'll wish you had the whole collection. I'm trying to tell you, get in on this. Her books are beautiful. They're beautifully illustrated. The writing is great. Um, the lessons and the stories are great. The emphasis on learning different cultures is fantastic. She's also the co-creator of Koli and Olum. It's a, it's a book package that teaches children different languages. So we got Swahili. Um, I'm looking at some other ones. I already placed my order for her third book. Um, I think we're going to wait till spring to get another box because my husband told me I have to slow down with my book purchases. It's so funny. Because me over here, I am very, I'm usually typically very good about like spending money. Like I don't spend a lot of money. I actually end up saving a lot of money. Um, it's just, this is how I've always been just a saver. But when it comes to that kid, it's just like, like we're, you know how they have the little money shooters. That's me. <laughs> like, what does she need? Money shooter. So <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah that was a great interview. So you guys should go over head, over there and listen to it. Um, I also had a, a really fun time talking about the, the Thanksgiving rules that someone said should just be the holiday rules in general. All I'm going to say is this, I have some other stuff coming out around the holiday rules and how the holiday rules are different from the Thanksgiving rules. Yes. There's some things that are amended for, you know, the holidays, uh, post Thanksgiving. Um, so that is that. 
that was last week's episode. You guys can tune in. Like I always say, there is one person who does not mind you binging, and it is me. Um, I also want to say this. There was a, there was a cute, and I say cute sarcastically, but there was a cute comment left on one of my posts about Thanksgiving. Um, talk about, well, I thought you guys were woke. Why are you celebrating Thanksgiving? Isn't it supposed to be like a bad holiday? And I was like, what are you talking about? Um, and before you ask, yes, they were. (laughs) And for those who know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, they, they completely were. Um, and so I just want to clear some things up. When... Black people, because I can only speak for black people. When black people get together on the day of Thanksgiving, while we are thankful and while we are grateful and while we are appreciative, we are not celebrating the traditional American holiday of Thanksgiving. We're there to eat and we're there to eat with people that we mostly like. Had to put that addendum in there because, you know, there's all those occasions where there's folks that you don't, but that's not here nor there. That's the common human experience. That's not exclusive to black people, but we're not celebrating the pilgrims and the Indians. We're not celebrating, um, we're not doing that whole lie mythology of American unity that people pretend is, you know, the Thanksgiving feast where, Native Americans got together and pilgrims got together and they all ate and there was a treaty and there was peace in the land and harmony and racial understanding because it was a lie. That's an entire lie. (laughs) That holiday is based off of genocide, the genocide of Native peoples. Um, And I want to be really clear about that. Like we know that and we understand that. That being said, black folks ain't celebrating no daggone pilgrims. Are you crazy to even suggest? Are you crazy? Me, a person who is descended from people who were thought of as imports instead of immigrants. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Child? No. So just because you saw some pictures of us having plates and eating turkey on a day, on a Thursday that we all had off and that we all cooked and we are thankful for our lives and our health and stuff like that. That does not mean we're celebrating the American mythological holiday of Thanksgiving. So I just wanted to put that out there and be real clear, real clear about what's going on with, with that. There's something called nuance and cultural understanding. I encourage everyone to, to engage in that and to understand that. Otherwise you will have to learn like our friend did before I deleted the comment thread altogether. Um, you will learn. Yeah, you'll learn. That's all I'm going to say. Um, all right, let's get to this show. There's a bunch of stuff to talk about and not a lot of time to talk about it. Um, for those who don't know, I'm recording, um, during nap time. And so once the sugar cookie wakes up, that's, that's it. You know, work ends, podcasts end, everything ends because it is mama time. And, you know, I love to be with that bean. So let's get to it. So this next segment, um, I had to share because I had the incredible opportunity to speak to the amazing Danae. For those who don't know, I'll put her um, socials in the show notes, but she is an incredible writer, journalist, creative model, artist. Um, 
She is a soror of mine. She is a chapter soror of mine. Her mother helped found our our chapter. Um, and she really is following in the legacy of her mother's footsteps of, of grace and kindness and compassion, of, of generosity, of, of brilliance. Um, and I was so grateful to have the opportunity to speak with Danae Reed. Um, she just, she's such a light, like I, I can't get enough of her and I cannot wait to share her with you. Um, this though was her interviewing me for WURD. It's a black talk radio station, um, here in the Philadelphia area. I was beyond honored. I couldn't even believe she asked me, um, and she looked at me sideways, like y'all tend to do when I'm like, what me? And y'all are like, yeah, girl, what are you talking about? Um, so I'm going to share a bit of that interview with you guys um, for this week's episode. So, yeah, enjoy. Uh, you know, I can't complain too much. I am so blessed and honored to be joined by you today. Y'all, this woman is it, the oh, reclaimed blogger. So, I mean, we know that, I mean, anybody who follows you know that you love to talk about what you're thinking. You post about your amazing, beautiful daughter, but we also know that you love to post about a great rant, which I love a great rant myself. <laughs> and so before we get into it, the Twitter debate of the day was about your thoughts on GoFundMe and how important we revere them, or how much uh, we revere them as a community. And so before we get into the interview, I'd love to just hear your opinion on that. Wow. Um, oh, this might be unpopular. <laughs> this yeah. might be a little unpopular. Um, I, while I understand the purpose of a GoFundMe, I feel like a GoFundMe is more of an emergency situation. Mm -hmm. So like if you're, if, if something comes up and it's sudden, um, as opposed to, you know, maybe life insurance or health insurance or, you know, auto insurance, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's a reason why we have those things. And I feel like it's better to be prepared on the front end than, you know, asking people for help on the back end. Yeah, yeah, no, I 100% uh, agree with you on that one. That's the same thing I said. I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. Maybe I'm just, you know, maybe because I'm like, oh, this is my opinion. It's not unpopular. I agree with you 100%, you know, like that. And, like, and this year has taught me more than ever about the importance of life insurance, like mm. just insurance in general. But I think that our community specifically tends to sort of rely on it as a first resort instead of like a last, last, last resort. You know, mm -hmm. I've seen GoFundMe's for getting BBLs and stuff like that. I'm like, girl. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm like, I am not paying for you to get your body done. No, ma'am. Yes. No, not at all. But anyway, wow, Whitney, how are you doing today from a scale of one to ten? Oh, I am. I'm on a nine, almost a ten. I have to get this house together because... Your, your niece is turning two tomorrow. And so it's going to be parties from Tuesday. And then, you know, Wednesday's the day before Thanksgiving. So there's a lot of work with that. Then there's Thanksgiving. And then a whole bunch of folk are in town. So Saturday is her official birthday party. But we're going to be partying from tomorrow to, like, Sunday. Yeah. So. Okay. Love that. Love that. So on your website, you describe yourself as not a mommy blog, but a mommy who blogs. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that distinction? Oh my gosh. So there's a, uh, I have a frustration with the mommy, the mom, uh, blogger situation. It's always very curated. Everything's always very clean, pristine. Everything looks very Instagram ready, Pinterest perfect. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not like that. 
<laughs> like that's not who I am. Like I'm going to show you the days that my poor kid is like throwing a temper tantrum. I'm going to show you the days where I mess up and I have to apologize to my kid. I'm going to show you the days where things maybe aren't so perfect. So people feel, you know, that their every day is real and authentic and valuable. Um, there's value in learning how to apologize. There's value in learning how to embrace the challenges of everyday life. Um, and that's, that's kind of how I want to live. Like, I just want to be as real and as authentic as possible. So, yeah, yeah. As everybody should be, I completely agree. Um, social media is this world that's made up of this like comicosm of things that don't exist, like fake, um, Girl. fake lies, fake everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I think it's really, I hate the word bold because of like the undertones in it. So I don't want to use that word. Uh, I hate the word brave too. I, those two words, I just, I yeah. can't. But so for lack of a better word, there's something really special about being able to post the realities of what's going on in your life as a mom. And we're going to talk about the other things that you talk about as well. Um, but it's, it's something really special and unique, it feels like, to talk about the realities of motherhood. And I wanted to talk to you about, you know, how people have responded to that. I'm sure a lot of people probably are like, oh, yeah, like, thank you for being real. But the people who like the curated life, the people who like the fake life. Oh, you're making a fake. <laughs> okay. It's been a little, it's, there has been a, let me say this first. There has been a overwhelmingly positive response. Um, I get DMs every day. talk about, oh, thank you for saying that. Oh, you know, that I never thought about it this way. Thank you so much. Um, and then you have the random folks who are like, will you please do that child's hair? Mind you, my child's turning two tomorrow, two right, years right, old. Right, yeah. So I like, and I like, I feel like very Beyonce. Like I like my baby hair with baby hair and afros. Like yeah. I feel like I yeah. pulled from that. I was like, you know, that's great parenting advice. And so <laughs> I kind of took that because I, I, she's got a great head of hair and I'm not going to always pull it up. And, you know, when I'm catching her in the moment doing something miraculous or awesome or cool or funny, she doesn't always look perfect. And who does? Who who always looks perfect? Who always looks camera ready? And is that real life? And so, you know, those people, you know, they have their opinions. And unfortunately, the Internet emboldens people to have opinions and, like, no real substance. But, you know, you just keep it rolling and just, just tell the truth. Right, right, right. Wow. Okay. So uh, your blog started out, the reclaim started out as just thrift finds, and now you've moved on to just so much more. Tell us a little bit about the journey from then to now. Oh, man. So I'm going to try to do this in a very short way because the blog is turning 10 next year, and I'm just like, I'm like, I have a 10-year-old. 10-year-old. <laughs> um, so it started off by me trying to find my voice after a divorce. So mm -hmm. I had a, I had a divorce. Um, it was a really awful experience in that same experience. I had a miscarriage. And so I felt like things were being taken from me. I felt like I was losing. I felt like, you know, everybody's talking about winning season, winning season. I felt like I was on losing season <sighs> thing after thing after thing kept happening. But the only thing that would like really like uplift my spirits is like after work, I would go and stop by like my favorite thrift store and I would find something like a treasure. And I'm like, how did somebody throw this away? How did somebody cast this aside? Somebody should write about this. Somebody should write about this, you know, um, this vintage bag that, like, somebody's grandmother should have gave to her granddaughter or this wristwatch that somebody's uncle should have handed down to his nephew. Um, and that's how the blog really got started. It was 
reclaiming things. It was refining things because I felt like I was tossed out. I felt like I was tossed aside. And so I related to these items in that kind of weird, interesting, unique way. And I just tell stories through those items. But then <laughs> I discovered that, <clears throat> excuse me, there's not, there wasn't a lot of black voices in the space. And I'm like, in the blog space, and I'm like, where are we at? Like, I know we're out here. Like, we make culture. We shape culture. Of course we're out here. Where are we at? And what it turns out was, what we came to find is that more other voices were being centered. And we were put on, like, the fringe. We were, like, the outside. We were, like, the pepper in, like, the meal as opposed to being the meal itself. Wow. Yes. I got to write that down. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So, and then I was like, you know what, we really, we really need to center our stories because our perspectives are unique and valuable and they matter and they color so much of all the things we're going through today. Like a lot of people were really taken aback in 2020 when there was this racial awakening. And I'm like, we've been awake a long time. Like y'all are just catching up. This has been happening since we were imported here. So Mm -hmm. until we deal with that, like, this, this, none of this is new and people are just coming to the table like oh my gosh like in, in shock and so that's the type of stuff I talk about that's the type of stuff I gravitate to and, and in essence it's kind of the same it's reclaiming our stories it's reclaiming our narratives it's reclaiming our voice as a people in my own unique quirky way <laughs> yeah yeah I love um I just love the way that you talk about thrifting, right? Because nowadays people just look at it as like, oh, you know, it's a way to get cheap things. But it really is so much more to that, more to it than that, especially if it's, you know, something that you make a habit out of, right? So finding things, like you said, that feel like finds and finding things and not understanding why it was thrown out. And the way that you uh, sort of paralleled that to your life at a time is really profound, uh, that, that you needed something to feel some sort of relation to is really profound. And so I guess my next question to you is how do you feel like thrifting, but essentially that time period, how do you feel like that's affected you as a mother and also as a journalist? Ooh, that sounds like a book. Um, (laughs) Listen, might be on the shelves, 2024, we'll see. Um, I feel like it's given me a sense of grounding, a sense of gratitude in looking that, you know, I, I tell people now that I'm in my sweet years. Mm. Um, no, 2020 was like trash for so many people. And I don't know how I got insulated in this bubble. Um, but I got pregnant 2020. We had gotten married the year before, got pregnant, uh, literally like six months afterwards. And then it was like, it was like God took me and put me in like a little bubble. And I was very insulated and things have been just sweet inside the bubble. And I'm just enjoying it. And I think what it taught me is that things, it taught me to appreciate the sweet more because I had so much of the sour and so much of the bitter that when sweet came along, at first it was a shock. You know, you feel like, oh my gosh, where's the other shoe? Because the the other shoe's got to drop. Like something bad has to happen because life can't be this okay. Like life can't be this good. We, you know, we rush to to crisis. We we rush to, to, to calamity. And what it taught me was to slow down, especially with an infant and being in COVID and being locked inside. 
slow down, enjoy this moment because you're going to wake up one morning and she's going to be two. Because <laughs> it happens she will be so tomorrow. fast. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, she will be tomorrow. Well, happy birthday to her. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, I'm loving all this, by the way. Um, I mean, even the concept of being thrown out, it's something that's like now rattling in my head and that sort of understanding. Um, wow. How has that dictated how you parent? If it has. Hmm. Well, there's, this might be a weird anecdote, but, um, so we got her, this is going to, this is going to be a strange anecdote, but hear me out. We got her a set of crayons because we really wanted her to like start practicing writing and coloring and stuff like that. And I found out she's, she might be a lefty too. So I'm like a little excited. I'm like, oh, I'm a lefty. <laughs> like I'm a lefty. My mom's a lefty. My grandmother's a lefty. Lefties, like, it's like big in our family. Like I didn't know that it was rare until... <laughs> Like, I got older. Wow. But, um, so I found out she was a lefty that way. But she kept breaking her crayons, like, just accidentally, just dropping them. You know, doing stuff that toddlers do. Like, she wasn't eating them or anything. But she would just drop them, and they break. And then she gets all frustrated and flustered. And my husband's like, oh, we can just get her a new box of crayons. And I'm like, no. Broken crayons still work. Mm. Like, they still color. Um, they still can make a beautiful picture. You can still make a beautiful picture with broken things. You can still make a beautiful picture with the, the things that people would, would have normally cast out. Um, and that's kind of, I guess that kind of is a roundabout way of like relating it to, to thrifting. Like I would love her, for her to see that, to see the beauty in things that other people wouldn't see. So there's this practice in Japanese pottery. Um, I'm going to butcher the name of it, but I believe it's Kitsudaguri or something like that. I'm butchering it. Um, mm -hmm. But it's this practice of taking broken bowls or broken plates, and they put, they glue them back together, but they put gold where it's broken so you could see where it's broken, and it makes mm -hmm. it more precious. Yeah. And I love that philosophy so much. It's like we don't have to hide where we were broken. In fact, we can show we're broken and show how it makes us even more strong. It makes us even more... I, I hate to use the words that you said we're not supposed to use, but bold and brave. <laughs> um, it, it shows what we've survived, what we've come from. And in that way, people who may be going through the same breaking see it, and then they feel like they're not alone. They feel like they can make it. And any part of our lives that can help someone else along, that's, that's a moment of gold. That's a moment where we can, we can trace and share. Yeah, that was a bit of our conversation. For the remainder of that conversation, you guys can head to WURD. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. But um, Danae is brilliant, um, just a brilliant thinker. Um, and I appreciated her time and I appreciate her, her insightful questions. Like, I've never been asked questions like that before. Um, and she clearly does her research. So shout out to Danae. Um, maybe I'll get her on the show. Let's, we'll see. We'll see. You know, she's a busy woman. She's doing massive things. So we'll see. Um, but regardless, thank you so much, Danae, for that time. Um, all right, let's dive into some mess. <laughs> Let the people of the reclaim say amen. Glad to be here. Say amen again. And say amen one more time if you really like the show. We're glad that y'all here today, and these will be your church announcements. All right, y'all, let's get into the mess. So when I tell you it is a mess, it is a mess. Um, I'm just going to be very transparent and honest. I have zero desire to talk about the next topic that I'm going to talk about. But if I don't, 
speak about it. Um, I feel like you guys are going to beat me up. So <laughs> the Balenciaga situation. So Balenciaga has decided that they were going to do a gift guide, gift collection, as it were, um, to support their upcoming spring summer collection. Um, that debuted in Paris Fashion Week um, this past fall. And so apparently there is a teddy bear that's involved in this past collection and it has BDSM stuff on. Um, and according to various outlets, because um, I have not seen the pictures nor will I see the pictures because I'm grossed out by this. Um, in the photo shoots for this gift collection, there were several shots of a child holding these bears with this BDSM stuff on um, to suggest that this extremely, extremely sexual items from a, a practice that I'm not here to kink shame. I'm not here to kink shame. But children should not be involved in your kinks. That's all I have to say. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Um, yeah, to, to, to have these items, it'd be different if they were held by models, which creepy, but you know, fashion and weirdo, like, it's just like, there's, there's this like, there's this desire to be weird and call it art that I personally just don't get. Now call me just bland and boring and basic, fine, whatever. You can call me whatever you want, but you can't call me um, perverse in this way because why would you have children holding these bears? These bears with these extremely very sexual items on. Why would you have that? Not only that, to make things worse, there was apparently a shot, like a flat lay of some sorts and in that flat lay, there was, and I'm laughing because it's awkward. I'm not laughing because it's funny. Um, there apparently was a reference to a Supreme Court case on child porn on the desk. So not only do you have these very suggestive photos of little kids holding these overly sexualized bears, teddy bears, but you also have a Supreme Court document, um, on your flat lay that's talking about child porn. Um, I'm not going to hold you. I'm going to be tremendously honest. I'm going to say that Balenciaga did this somehow on purpose because the, <sighs> this is my personal belief. This is my personal belief. This is my personal belief. I could be proven wrong tomorrow. I can be proven wrong tomorrow. And I'm not out here to spread salacious lies about a company that's currently going through a scandal but hear me out the amount and I say this as a person who was who was somewhat of an influencer and I do campaigns pretty regularly praise God for that the amount of scrutiny my little insta stories have to go through for a brand to approve of them is outrageous it's outrageous. So if I, with my smaller, significantly smaller following than a Balenciaga, a whole fashion house 
have to go through that amount of scrutiny? How much more? How many more agreements? How many more documents? How many more pairs of eyes and sets of hands have to be involved for things like this? They make it out to be like it was an accident of some sort and people didn't review it. No, y'all saw it. Y'all saw it because y'all had to review it. Many folks had to review it. And now Balenciaga is acting like the set designer and the photographer are to blame and they're suing those folks. But y'all had the opportunity to look at these items, look at these photos prior to them being shared on your own social media. So I'm, 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 I'm struggling to find where the problem is. It's like they're trying to find a scapegoat because what they perceived as art didn't go over well. And it's not like Balenciaga needs people to talk about them because people are speculating that the reason why they did is because they want publicity, want people to talk about them. But you already have people talking about you. You know, when you broke with Kanye, that was that was people talking about you. Anytime Kim shows up looking like she's a villain from um from the Incredibles, that y'all that's y'all that's y'all's clothes and stuff like that. I know Kim Kardashian has come out and said, you know, that she's she's gave it given her statement as a mother of four and you know I respect her statement as a fellow mother um but it also reads like I have a collaboration with y'all and I can't wear any of these items because of this scandal that you're going through um and it's disgusting and outrageous and I'm a mom and I can't imagine anyone thinking about my own children that way like disgusting gross yuck um and so I'm going to get off this topic very, very quickly because <laughs> I'm extremely uncomfortable. Um, who else is getting it today? Oh, Jerry Jones. So the owner of the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys football team, for those who are unfamiliar with the sports, um, is it's, we're just having a conversation. No one's getting canceled. First of all, you can't cancel Jerry Jones. He's like one of the richest people in the United States, if not on the planet earth, um, you can't cancel people who have that kind of wealth. They'll be all right. Um, plus you also can't cancel people who you've never subscribed to. Um, but that's another conversation for another day. We'll talk, we will talk about that. That is something I truly want to discuss. Um, but a image came out from, I believe they said 65 years ago of Jerry Jones living in Arkansas, blocking the doors of blacks, one of the students, not the only one, but one of the students blocking the doors of their school in Arkansas at this, at around the same time that the little rock nine were integrating. There were other schools that were integrating. And one of those was one that Jerry Jones attended as a, as a child, um, and he's in the photo and he identifies that that's him in the photo. Um, and it just shows him lit quite literally on the wrong side of history. And there's been a lot of conversation about this. I'm, I'm in an interesting space with it because on one hand, I'm like, this is why y'all don't want quote unquote critical race theory, which we know this is not critical race theory. This is just American history, but this is why folks don't want critical race theory to be taught because folks as relatives and heroes they find out were literally standing on the wrong side of history jerry says this is just him being a curious 14 year old which we all get curious like 
some of y'all be driving on the highway a little too curious and slow down because you see an accident on the complete other side of the road and that's y'all's being curious. <laughs> you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're participating in anything wrong. You're just curious. Um, so whether Jerry was actually blocking the way of these students or whether he was just trying to come over and see what's going on, um, as you know, children do, you see some commotion, you just want to see what's going on. That's normal. That's completely normal. What was frustrating for me is that when he was asked if he felt remorse for that moment, he answered, but he didn't, um, no one is trying to get you gotcha, Jerry Jones. What they're trying to essentially say is that Jerry Jones was one of the loudest voices against Colin Kaepernick when folks were starting to kneel, right? But then he also, at some point, engaged in kneeling himself. And, you know, when Cap was kneeling, he was kneeling against police brutality. He wasn't disrespecting the troops, as likes folk folks would like to say because he got the idea idea from kneeling from the troops um he wasn't disrespecting the flag although this is a daggone symbol um and if you consider what that symbol represents to black people and has come to represent to black people you can see why somebody would feel you know not the best energy towards that um but yeah, when Cap was kneeling, there were a lot of people who spoke out against him. And, you know, y'all know my feelings about the sports and about football and how we should we should have never have reconnected with sports. But you also know, transparency-wise, I have family members who play in the NFL. And so I, I, I personally stand at a really difficult spot when it comes to protesting it. <clears throat> so... That all being said about Jerry, um, Jerry answered the question and he didn't answer the question. He said, you know, I'm glad we as a society have come forward, um, that we have progressed. Um, he said that, you know, he was a teenager at the time. He explained what happened. He explained what happened in a very clear and lucid way. Like he remembers the day. Um, it wasn't like, a, oh, I have, you know, that was 65 years ago. I can't possibly remember, <clears throat> which I don't know how you remember that particular moment uh, but it must have been pivotal to you because you were he remembered the day very very clearly and like I said it was 65 years ago so I say all that to say that Jerry is old <laughs> Jerry's an old man and you know this while he is old the topics that we're talking about are not like when we're talking about desegregation um, Jerry Jones was literally there on the day that it was happening at this one of the schools in which it was happening. Um, and as we explore, you know, what it means to be an inclusive and welcoming and warm and inviting united society, as we continue to learn more about our past failures and try our hardest, our damnness not to repeat them, um, we have to have conversations like this and sometimes it's going to involve unfortunately finding people that may have been your hero on the wrong side of history you know people like to say where they would have been during slavery or the civil war or um, civil the civil rights movement and all these other things but if those if you weren't standing up and being loud during 
you know what? Let me take that back. I was going to say that if you weren't standing up or being loud during um, the Black Lives Matter movement, then you probably wouldn't have stood up during civil rights. But I can't fairly say that. There's a bunch of people who learned a lot during that. There's a lot of people who grew during that time. You know, we were sitting at home. We were stuck in our house with COVID, like, you know, with the COVID scare, the initial first COVID scare that was going around. Um, We were watching these horrible videos of our neighbors being treated like less than human beings. We were hearing terrible stories and seeing them backed up by video. We had, you know, we were sharing across the internet um, and and having deeper, richer, fuller, more dialogues than we have ever had. And, you know, so some people weren't marching. Some people were learning, though. Some people grew and shifted and changed. um, And their perspectives developed. And so I would like to, I'm going to take back what I was initially going to say and say that, you know, that... The work begins with conversations like these. The work begins with looking at the hard thing. The work doesn't... Racism doesn't go away if we stop talking about it. Contrary to what many trolls and people try to tell me and people like me on the internet. Just like a toothache doesn't go away if you stop talking about it. No, that cavity is growing, honey. Whether you feel it or not. And you have to either fix it or lose that tooth. Um, just like cancer, cancer's not going to go away. If you stop talking about it, poverty, poverty is not going to go away. If you stop talking about it, hunger, hunger is not going to go away. If we stop talking about it, nothing goes away just because you stop paying attention to it. In fact, it it can be exacerbated and it can get worse. And so I want to challenge everybody to take these moments, like what happened with Jerry Jones. Look at these hard things. Think about where you were when pivotal things happen. And then think about the society that you want. If, you know, I get these comments a lot where people tell me, oh, you know, black people are divisive and this, that, and the third. And I'm like, if you truly think that black people are more divisive than the racism that we face being the most divisive thing, then I really want you to reevaluate your thoughts. Why is us talking about hair discrimination, which is ridiculous when you think about it, being discriminated against for your hair texture? Um, Why is it that when we say, hey, we're being discriminated against for our hair texture, we are divisive, but the hair discrimination itself is not divisive. I want us to think about those things. I want us to consider those things. I want us to look at the hard stuff. Like, look at the energy that empowered the folks who took the lives of Ahmaud Arbery. Um, And, you know, think about what makes a person leave their own home and literally hunt down a black man, film it, record it, and then share it with folks. Like they were hunting down some prized animal as opposed to a fellow human being who was just going for a run, something innocuous. You know, I want us to look at the Buffalo shooting, um, those, those dear sweet souls who were just going to the market or work, going to work or stopping by to get a snack or a quick bite, you know, or in one case, preparing meals um, 
for the soup for the um not the soup kitchen for but for you know preparing food to share with others in need the very next day i want us to look at what empowers folks like that person to go into a grocery store um, after going on a racist rant after going on many racist rants after driving several hours to that grocery store coming into a neighborhood that does not belong to him with people who they don't know who that have done nothing to them but exist and I want us to think about that we have to look at these hard things and sometimes the no not sometimes all the time when we look at the hard things they're not pretty they're painful and they hurt and they tell us the truth about ourselves in a way that is it it hurts but that doesn't mean we don't look at it that doesn't mean we don't examine it. That means that doesn't mean we don't have the courage to deal with it. This whole burying our head in the sand to to try to protect a legacy of of that has truly been destructive and hateful, it cannot and will not go into a future that we can be proud of. So we have to do the work on the front end. We have to do the work now. We have to look at these photos. And see, hey, there was a whole bunch of other kids in this photo. Where are they at now? Where are they at now? You know, one of them owns one of the most lucrative football teams in the history of the game. Who are these other people? Are they judges? Hmm. Imagine having a judge, you know, judging you as a black person um, who as a child stood up against you even attending school with them. Do you think their judgments will be fair? Maybe if they've done some work, but perhaps maybe not if they haven't done any work, if they don't see what they did was wrong or if they didn't consider what they were doing was wrong. These things add up. These things add up to create the society in which we live. So just a thought that that went a lot longer than I intended, <laughs> but you get the point. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Uh, I don't want to be petty. <laughs> I don't want to be petty. But apparently Jennifer Lopez recently shared with Time Magazine that she was doing a Whitney Houston tribute at next year's Grammys. I'm going to read it again. J-Lo told Time Magazine that she is doing, currently preparing for a Whitney V. Houston tribute at next year's Grammys Whitney who sang heaven down by singing that raggedy old dusty crusty um anthem that also if you look at the following verses of that same anthem the reason why I call it dusty and crusty is because it advocates for the the murder the slaughter of, of black people um just so you know you should really look into your anthems unlike you know an anthem written by you know written um known as lift every voice and sing which is empowering endearing and inspiring you know it doesn't have any murder involved in it <laughs> no murder involved in the anthem um but here we are but yeah Whitney sang heaven down when she sang that anthem and of all of the voices all of the flipping voices you could have to sing the national, I mean, to sing, not the national, but to do a Whitney Houston tribute. 
That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Because I know people go up for her. I know people love Jennifer Lopez. I've seen a bunch of people who I love and respect truly, truly go up for her. And I, I don't want to disrespect them in any way. Because, like, again, like, I respect them. Uh, I just don't expect respect. I'm just going to leave what I said as <laughs> what I said. Um, I'm just, you know, all the voices, you know. Jennifer Hudson sitting right there, you know, Fantasia sitting right there, you know, J Jasmine Sullivan sitting right there. Um, so many, like I could just keep going. There's so many beautiful, fantastic, wonderful voices that no, will never ever sound like Whitney Houston, but will do that tribute justice. Um, and just, there's so many, there's so many, so many. That's all I'm going to say. I want to send congratulations out to one Meg Thee Stallion. She is the first woman to ever cover the cover of Forbes for their 30 under 30 uh, issue. Um, she is indeed 27. I know I like many of us, we were caught. I was like, wait a minute, 30 under 30, girl, you're not 30. She's not 30, y'all. Um, so shout out to Meg. She's fantastic. We adore her. We are so excited for her. Go Meg. Um, and that is this week's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your subscribes. Um, let me yell at y'all real quick. Y'all didn't have to embarrass me the way y'all did. Um, Spotify just sent their Spotify wrapped to me, um, uh, for the, the podcast. I know that y'all like the show. I know that y'all share the show. I know that y'all respond to the show. I did not know how much y'all liked, shared, and respond to the show. I did not know that we grew substantially in 2022. I didn't know that y'all were listening to these episodes like y'all were. Like, I see the stats, but I guess it didn't register until I saw it in a very colorful, pretty, pretty way um, that uh, Spotify does when they do their wrapped situation. Um, y'all, y'all are, y'all are incredible people. And I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted <laughs> and like how kind y'all were and how amazing y'all were. Um, I didn't know that we had made like something like over 2000 minutes of, of content this year. That's that's insane. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of episodes, something like 40 different episodes. Um, I didn't know that y'all were going to respond to the episodes the way y'all did. So y'all don't have to embarrass me. I'm sitting here at this computer, like mouth agape because I didn't know. I just didn't know. I didn't know that we were also global. <laughs> like I knew that folks in the United States listened to the, uh, listen to the podcast I didn't know um well shout out to Canada shout out to the UK Germany and Japan Germany and Japan wow uh, <laughs> thank y'all so much uh, and y'all come here to hear this raggedy girl talk about her thoughts on misogyny and racism and how to make the world better um through my own you know, through my own 37 years of experience. Um, and a bunch of y'all went ahead and said, like a third of y'all went ahead and said 
that I was one of your favorite podcasts and I, I feel humbled. Like I'm very, very grateful. So thank y'all so much for listening. Thank y'all so much for tuning in again. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your subscribes. Please do not forget to leave a review. I'm doing this on autopilot because my mouth is agape. I'm looking at these numbers and I still can't wrap my mind around it, but please don't forget to leave a review on this year podcast that you guys clearly liked. Um, yikes. Um, like, wow, guys, y'all are so great. Uh, oh, don't forget you can help keep the show independent by going over to Patreon. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Whitney Elise. Um, you can join any one of the tiers. I have five of them over there. I'm still waiting on your y'all's friend to uh, join me with the special funny thing that we want to do. But we, we're doing it for the holiday season. We're doing it. It's happening. Um, and that's Patreon exclusive. I... I truly appreciate y'all. I truly, truly adore y'all. I didn't realize that 90, something like 93% of y'all just discovered me in 2022. This podcast will be five next year, five years of podcasting. Um, amazing. Just an amazing, just an amazing experience. Um, and I'm looking forward to every single episode with you guys. You just are an incredible group, an incredible support. And, um, I love creating for you guys. I love making content for you guys. And, oh man, awesome. <laughs> I was getting ready to keep going and I looked over at the baby monitor and guess who's just, you know, opening her eyes and doing a little stretch y'all's favorite. So I'm off to be mommy now. Um, I appreciate y'all for listening. <laughs> and as always, peace y'all. Hey loves, I just wanted to come back on. Um, I just found out that the J-Lo Whitney Houston thing is not happening. That was actually a joke some person decided to play on the internet. Um, I think it's very interesting how many of us took hold of that and believed it. Um, to be fair, Time Magazine was uh, was tagged and credited for this information. Um, not that they shared it, but they were tagged in the tweet. Um, so it felt credible. Um, no, it was not credible. Um, but it brought up something very, very interesting for me and how, you know, J-Lo was allowed to do the Motown, not even allowed, she was invited to do the Motown tribute, um, which felt extraordinarily far-fetched given all of the voices and all the people present who could have done the Motown tribute um, and what Motown meant to our community. Um, and so it didn't feel far-fetched. It, it felt like audacity nonetheless. Um, and it brought up for me a lot of times where, you know, these bigger institutions, these more well-funded organizations choose to embrace and indulge in black culture, um, but not have it celebrated within black bodies. And that's why it felt very authentic and very real to me. Um, but this is a this is a learning moment for me to do better research, look this stuff up, see if it's actual, you know, if if it's factual and actual, um, because it is not. Uh, so there you go. Um, I hope you're enjoying your day and I hope you enjoyed this episode. And thank you for continuing to listen. I appreciate you guys and I hope you enjoyed the rest of your week. 